So when it comes to being a really good health coach, again, most people think I just need more schooling. I need to learn more. I need to study more. And you do, but most people do it in the wrong order. The first thing you have to get clear on is what problem you want to solve in the world. So that's choosing your specialization. Decide what problem you want to solve, and that will then inform where you need to get educated, where you need to fill the gaps in your education. But health, as you know, is such a broad spectrum that most people do it in the wrong order. They try and get all the schooling and the science and the certifications first, having no direction on where they should be focusing their learning. And so what happens is no matter how much schooling certifications and learning they do, they never feel ready or equipped because there's so much more to learn. But it wouldn't be that way if you first decided what specific problem you want to solve in the health space. Like get clear on what problem resonates with you the most and then let that inform every decision you make thereafter. Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pen to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures? You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. Hey coaches, just a quick note for you about the interview that you're about to hear. So this conversation, similar to an episode we had previously, was not intended to be a podcast. But again, the questions I was asked were so good that I wanted to share it here with you on the podcast. So during this episode, you'll hear me in conversation with a young lady named Jenny who was actually referred to me by a colleague of mine. He's a pharmacist named Delon. And when he found out this young lady had interest in becoming a health coach, he actually referred her to me because he knows, you know, that's what I do for a living. And I help other health coaches build their business. And he recommended that her and I have a conversation because I'm assuming she has some questions and that she wanted answered. And he recommended that her and I have a conversation. So that's what you're about to hear is me in conversation with Jenny, who desires to be a health coach herself. And she just wanted some questions about doing just that kind of about getting started, about business, about marketing yourself, about overcoming the fear of showing up on camera. And so I asked her permission at the end of the conversation to share this conversation with you all because because her questions were so juicy. <laughs> Similar to my last episode that was kind of like this, where you heard me in conversation with another young lady who desired to have a health coaching business. And so this is another one of those conversations. I sometimes think they're just so valuable that there's got to be other people who wants to hear this. So that's what you're about to hear me in conversation with Jenny, basically interviewing me about getting started as a health coach and overcoming fear. Enjoy. Good morning, Lisa. 
Hey, good morning, Jenny. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? It's nice to finally meet you. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much. <laughs> of course. So what do you have going on? You want help navigating the health and wellness coaching space. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So I wanted a brief introduction of who you are, why you do what you do, you know, things of that nature. Well, I started off my uh, health coaching career as a health coach, right? So I used to be a personal trainer many, many years ago. And then I created my first health and wellness company in 2015, my second in 2017. And so I started with an online personal training company that I then pivoted into a nutrition coaching company. Mm -hmm. And for many, many years for the past, like six years or so, I've been a plant-based health coach where I help individuals with chronic disease um, adopt a whole food plant-based protocol in order to eradicate and arrest those chronic health challenges. And then in 2021, I created um, my own plant-based coaching certification. So now I help other individuals who desire to be plant-based health coaches. I help them build their businesses. So I have the first plant-based coaching certification to be founded by a person of color. And I help plant-based vegans kind of package their passion and their lifestyle into a health coaching business. So I do health coaching. Um, and now I primarily do business coaching for health coaches. That is awesome. Thank you so much for that background. Yeah. So just as an icebreaker, what's your favorite time of the year? Uh, maybe fall, just because the clothes are cute. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I'm pretty much like in the, right in the middle of spring and summer. Okay, cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So yes, you're right about what you started off saying. I'm very interested in health, nutrition, and just like you, I'm interested in helping people with chronic diseases alleviate and eventually cure their chronic illnesses through food and lifestyle changes. And I just wanted to know, what are some skills or credentials that someone needs to become a health coach? Skills or credentials? Well, it really depends on what your specialization will be. But I will say mm -hmm. the very first thing that you actually need is an experience. You know, coaching is not teaching. And what most people think that they need to be a health coach is like to know a whole lot of science, which is good. You do need to know science, but how you choose what you specialize in should be based on what your personal experience is in. So I don't believe that you're going to be an exceptionally effective coach if you're only trying to coach somebody based on what you've learned in a book or through a certification or through schooling. I believe coaching should be paired with personal experience or intimate exposure to the thing you're helping somebody coach them through. So the first thing I believe you need as to be a phenomenal health coach is experience with overcoming a problem or having some type of testimonial, having some type of transformation and pivot that into a specialization as a health coach. And then once you decide what you're going to specialize in based on what you've experienced, then that's where you decide what certifications, what schooling, what type of studying do I need to increase my mastery around this subject matter? Okay. I've never thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. So I guess let me say a bit of my educational background. So I do have my bachelor's in biology. I have a public health degree as well, and I also have the pharmacy experience, like pharmacy school experience, and that is what really inspired me to want to do that because I was really tired of, you know, people prescribing pills for 
everything, like all types of diseases. And then some of those pills can even have other side effects that you need additional pills to help that. So that was something that I, I didn't like the cascading effect of that because you're causing more problems and using something that might not fully help to solve those you know previous issues. And that is something, it didn't sit well with me. That's why I decided to take a step back from pharmacy school. And that's how I met Dr. Delon. He is my pharmacy school mentor, but I, you know, he's doing the prescribing. And I was just like, it's kind of like we're, we have a similar mission to an extent. So I just, it just didn't sit well with me. And I wanted to focus on health coaching and things of that nature. So, and I have a list of questions that I wanted to ask you. So I would say, what are some effective ways that you attract clients for your health coaching business? Yeah. So the way that I teach my coaches to attract prospects and eventually help them to become clients is by showing up publicly online and stating your own unique perspective, right? And so you have to have somewhere where someone can come and essentially consume you, meaning they can get a better understanding of your point of view. They can get a better understanding of the approach or the vehicle you use to help heal or help people. They can get a better understanding of who you are, like your personality. And so the way that um, I teach my coaches to attract clients to them is by publicly showing up and showing their face letting people hear their voice. And so you have somewhere where people can basically binge on your content, right? And so this is called organic marketing. So we teach organic marketing inside of my program, The Plant Protocol. And it's just really all about, instead of becoming kind of this person who repeats, you know, content that is already out there online, instead of becoming this person who hides behind other people's perspective, you really show up as your authentic self and state your own unique perspective in the specialization that you have as a health coach. And so that's how we teach our coaches to attract clients. Awesome. I I think I remember that you said that in one of your videos that you shared, which it resonated with me, even though I'm not the most camera confident person. So it leads me to my question, what would you say to someone who is camera shy, but still wants to grow their business? How do they overcome that fear of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be seen? How do I take criticism, quote unquote? How does someone navigate that? Yeah, well, I have entire podcast episodes about this, but personal development work should precede everything you do in your business, right? Because whatever limiting beliefs, whatever doubts, whatever fears, whatever worries you have as a human, you're going to project onto your business, right? And so before you can be a great CEO, you have to be a person who is committed to personal development work. So that means whatever is stopping you, from getting in front of the camera needs to be dissected privately. So that comes down to limiting beliefs, which is all about what stories am I telling myself about showing up on camera, right? People don't want to hear what I have to say. People aren't going to like how I look. I'm not smart enough. You know, my voice isn't bold enough. My personality isn't good enough. Um, I don't, you know, I can't really help anybody. Um, I'm wasting people's time. Um, nobody's going to want to pay me. Um, nobody can afford. It's like, what stories am, am I telling myself that's preventing me from showing up? And where is the data to back that up? 
right? And so it's all about dissecting your own limiting beliefs privately so that you can show up confidently and authentically publicly. And so inside of the plant protocol, for example, my coaching certification, we have a, I have a method that I take our coaches through to dissect their own limiting beliefs. It's called the LCA method. And I really, we really prioritize teaching our clients how to dissect the story they're telling themselves about themselves. That's really preventing them from being able to show up in their business, but really essentially show up in life. Because if you're camera shy and you don't want to be seen, you don't want to be heard, I can almost guarantee, you know, you're taking that and it's pouring over into other areas of your life where you don't want to be seen and you don't want to be heard and you're delaying your own progress. And if you're somebody who's really passionate about helping other people, every minute that you wait to show up publicly, you're delaying somebody else's success, right? And so it's a selfish decision to not move forward and do the personal development work so you can get in front of the camera. And so whatever that's stopping us that we personally feel, that we feel privately, we have to do that work. So the business acumen stuff has to come after the private personal development work and growing into the person that the confident person that you need to be and the courageous person you need to be to show up in business. A lot of us, we seek out, tell me how to get clients. Tell me how to price a product. Tell me how to make money. Tell me about marketing. Tell me about sales. When really, you need to be learning about confidence. You need to be learning about courage. You need to be learning about limiting beliefs. You need to be learning you know, about the personal development stuff so you can become who you need to be to do all the business stuff. Wow, great. Thank you so much. It seemed as though you read some of the questions that I had because I was going to ask, how did you decide how to present yourself? Because you come up as a very confident person. You come from a place of sincerity, like you really want to help people out there. And it's just, it's free flowing. That's the perspective that I receive. So I just wanted to know how you decided to present yourself because it's inspirational to me. That's why I posted the video that you shared and I've watched some of the other videos and, you know, Delon has told me a couple of things about you. I've watched some of your lives. I've tuned in even, I think, was it two days ago with those two ladies? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was there. I, I listened to your inspiration to me. I just wanted to let you know. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, um, OK, so your question is, how did I become this confident? Yeah. How did you decide how to present yourself as the way you are? Mm-hmm. OK, so here's the first thing. When it comes to how did I decide to present myself? This is a this is a weird worded question, Jenny. So I'm because it's translating in my head to how did I decide to show up as myself? Right. But your question was, how did you decide how to present yourself? You decide to present yourself when you decide to present yourself, like it it essentially meaning similar to what I just said, you do the personal development work in the dark so you can show up as yourself in the light. Right. And so the thing that precedes everything I do, the thing that precedes every interview I do, every conversation I have, every live, every podcast is my mission. So my decision to show up publicly and start sharing my voice, showing my face, saying yes to interviews, you know, going live on social media, all of this stuff. The thing that precedes all of that is my mission. My mission as a health coach, my mission as a business coach, my mission as an entrepreneur is to extend the healthy life expectancy of marginalized communities, period. And I can't do that quietly. I can't do that 
in the safety of my home with the camera off. Right. And so the thing that propels me every day to have conversations like this, to show up publicly, to state my perspective, to be authentic is the fact that there are literally people who are dying prematurely from conditions and diseases that are preventable, reversible, avoidable. And if I don't show up and share the knowledge I have, if I don't show up and coach other coaches to grow their own coaching business to help more people, then I am being disobedient to the mission. And so the thing that got me to do the personal development work privately, working on my ego, working on my confidence, working on all of that stuff is the fact that there were, I was hyper aware that there were people out there waiting for me to show up and teach. There were people out there waiting for me to show up and coach. There were people out there waiting for me to help them grow their businesses so they can teach and they can coach. And so I believe when we stay small because of our insecurities, it is an act of disobedience. Now, if you stay small because you were meant to be small, maybe you were meant to help somebody who's going big, then that's an act of obedience. I'm not saying everybody is meant to be on the main stage. It's the why are we staying behind stage, though, that determines whether or not you're obedient or not. Maybe your gift and your purpose is to support the person that's on the main stage. But if you're staying small because of personal insecurities, then that is an act of disobedience. Wow. I'm learning so much. (laughs) You're so welcome. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. So my next question is, What are some key strategies to becoming an effective health coach? Some key strategies. Um, What I said first and foremost is having uh, two main things, having a specialization. So that means you're not trying to help everybody. And then the second thing is having a personal experience that you can then reverse engineer into steps that somebody else can follow. So when it comes to being a really good health coach, again, most people think I just need more schooling. I need to learn more. I need to study more. And you do, but most people do it in the wrong order. The first thing you have to get clear on is what problem you want to solve in the world. So that's choosing your specialization. Decide what problem you want to solve, and that will then inform where you need to get educated, where you need to fill the gaps in your education. But health, as you know, is such a broad spectrum that most people do it in the in the wrong order. They try and get all the schooling and the science and the certifications first, having no direction on where they should be focusing their learning. And so what happens is no matter how much schooling, certifications and learning they do, they never feel ready or equipped because there's so much more to learn. But It wouldn't be that way if you first decided what specific problem you want to solve in the health space. Like, do you want to help women who are trying to conceive a child? Do you want to help menopausal women who can't conceive anymore? Do you want to help somebody with cancer? Do you want to tackle diabetes? Do you want to tackle weight loss? Do you like, do you want to do mindfulness? Do you want to tackle mood disorders, depression, anxiety, bipolar? Like get clear on what problem resonates with you the most. And then let that inform every decision you make thereafter. Hey, hey, coaches, pardon the interruption, but I'm popping in to tell you all about a complimentary plant-based business masterclass that I'm going to be teaching on September 13th at 6 p.m. EST. We taught our last plant-based business masterclass a couple of months ago. 
and it was so successful that we're doing it again, this time with a different topic. Our attendees gave us 100% five-star reviews for our last plant-based business masterclass. That's how good it was, okay? Let me read to you what some of our attendees wrote. This is via an anonymous survey that we gave at the end of class. So one of the questions on that short survey was, please briefly describe the most impactful aspect of today's class for you. Now, here's what some of our attendees said. One person said, all of it, what an exclamation point. Another coach said the importance of being a coach that creates content. Yes. Another coach said tonight's class reiterated the importance of being consistent with posting authentic content on a regular cadence. It was a great reminder for me to remain consistent in posting. Thank you, Lisa. Another coach said it was helpful to hear more about how to specialize and see examples. It was also useful to see a model of the VOA mediums and cadences. Now, VOA is a subject that we taught during that plant-based business masterclass, and this attendee was happy to see examples of that. Listen, our attendees love our plant-based business masterclasses. There are even more great reviews that I'm not gonna tire you with today, but I want you to register for the next one. It's coming up on September 13th, and the title of our next masterclass is the niche workshop. Yes, this one is a workshop, y'all. We are gonna be doing stuff in real time. It's the niche workshop, three must-haves of a good plant-based coaching specialization. So during this short masterclass, I'm gonna break down to you the three must-have characteristics of your specialization. Now you may, after listening to me for so long, may believe that it's just good enough to have a specialization. Nope, it's not. I'm going even deeper. So I'm going to tell you the three things that your specialization must absolutely encompass in order for it to really be effective in your plant-based coaching business. So listen, the link to register for this masterclass is in the show notes. It's on September 13th at 6 p.m. EST and you do not want to miss it. I'm telling you, I go all out in these complimentary masterclasses because I want you guys to have really successful plant-based health coaching businesses. So click the link in the show notes, get registered, and every attendee will not only get our plant-based business audit, but also an opportunity for a one-on-one audit review call with me. Now, listen, you can get the audit anywhere, but if you want to meet with me privately in a one-on-one 30-minute session to dissect the health of your business, you got to be live in the masterclass. So click the link in the show notes, register for the class on September 13th. It costs you nothing. And I'll see you then. Back to the show. You came prepared, Jenny, all these good questions. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) And you're giving me very valuable answers because I've, to be honest with you, I've never heard anyone else say things the way that you do. It just makes sense. Mm -hmm. And that resonates with me a lot because I'm like, wow, this just clicks, you know? So, yeah. 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 So happy to hear it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So uh, let me see what other questions I have before talking about some of the things I have in place. Okay. So I wanted to know what your greatest inspiration was to do what you do. I know you talked about helping people of color because of you know chronic illnesses and things of that nature, but what ultimately inspired you? Because you're talking about things like personal experience and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to know 
really what inspired you? Yeah, good question. Me, I inspire me. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how this is going to come off, but the truth of the matter is when I, I initially lost weight over 60 pounds, but then when I became a plant-based vegan and like my mind became sharper, my disposition changed, my EQ went up, my emotional intelligence changed. Like, you know, my body changed even more. Like I am all clear when it comes to any threat of chronic lifestyle disease. I'm not even worried about, it's not even on my radar. Like diabetes, heart disease, kidney failure, hypertension, it's not even on my radar. So when I was able to experience what optimal health felt like, it's almost like getting saved in church. I wanted everybody to be touched by it. I'm like, yo, do they know how good they can feel? Because what I realized, Jenny, is although, you know, most people are living their life in the middle, like they're not on their deathbed. Like what they're experiencing is not extreme enough for them to take radical action, right? Like most people only take radical action when the pain and suffering is extreme, right? And so what I realized, I was like, whoa, the most dangerous people are these people in the middle, Right. These people who are like, they're clear that they don't feel their best, but they don't feel the worst. They're still able to go to work. They're still able to, you know, take a trip every now and then. So they're like, you know, whatever. They just kind of coasting. Right. And that was me. I was kind of coasting. I wasn't on medications. I wasn't, you know, on the bedside with doctors standing over me. But when I went from the middle and I went to the top, like I took it from like just surviving to optimal. I was like, I wonder how many other people have ever been introduced to the optimal version of themselves. So what inspired me is the fact that I got introduced to the most optimal version of myself. Like I know what it's like to like kick a sugar addiction. And I know how good I feel on the other side of that. Like I know what it's like to say no to things that I really want in pursuit of a better version of myself. Like I know what it's like to put the discipline in. I know what it's like to have to practice self-control. I know what it's like to have to push through a workout when you don't damn feel like it. And I'm like, I'm not necessarily trying to service the people who are like on their last leg. I want to talk to people in the middle who don't even know that the good that they feel could be great. And so their good has become the enemy of their great. And so I wanted people to experience that too. So I was my own motivation. I'm like, yo, my brain is insane. I'm so creative. I can recall information. I don't have any brain fog. Like I can create content. I can do lectures. Like Jenny, if you think this is hype, you should see me on the stage with a mic in my hand in person. Oh, yeah. I'm crazy. <laughs> like I, I love this. And so I wanted people to be introduced to the most optimal version of themselves so they can see and feel what it's like to really live life without any barriers, like without any insecurities about your body, like without any risk of disease. Like somebody could call me right now, like, let's go on a 10 mile hike. And I'm like, let's get it. I don't got to prepare for two weeks. You know what I mean? Like somebody can, like, it's, it's whatever, like at anything, like somebody could call me right now, like put on your best mini tight dress and I'm ready tonight too. Like I don't got to wait two weeks to lose 10 pounds. Like I just love what it feels like Mm -hmm. to be sitting on ready. You know what I mean? And so I want other people to feel that too. Wow. That's definitely inspirational. (laughs) That is awesome. That is awesome. And I remember on one of your videos, you talked about the importance of working your legs out because it is connected to your brain. And that just was like, 
exploding information to me. I even told my sister, I was like, wow. I mean, it didn't make sense to me, but I like the connection of it. I like that you referenced that. And that's how I think there was another video that you talked about what you just said about being creative and making videos and, you know, being able to remember things. So, yeah. I'm paying attention, by the way. I am paying attention. <laughs> Clearly. I love I'm it. I'm like, attention. look at Jenny with her homework. Okay. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all those things about you there. I'm learning a lot. I've taken notes down and I wanted to let you know that I started a health, not necessarily a health coaching page, but like a health page, health and wellness page on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I posted some meals mainly focused on whole foods. I'm not sure where I want to take it because I do have some homework on myself to do it and what I want to achieve, where exactly I want to focus on. I know my initial goal was diabetes because when I learned about that in pharmacy school and the hundreds of medications that people have to take and the different side effects that they have, I said, this doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. It does not make any sense because you know, yes, sugar is not the cause of it, but the overconsumption of it and overactivating your your pancreas to release insulin. And yep. when that works no longer, doesn't work anymore, you have to depend on artificial insulin, which God knows where they're sourcing it from these days. So that was my main thing, as well as cancer, but I didn't study cancer at all during my program, during my time there. But diabetes was a big one. So was obesity. And I feel like with the obesity thing, from a very young age, I've been active. I've been eating well. And I try to encourage people, you know, my parents are not here. My mom, for example, I'll tell her, hey, let's do a video call and do a workout together. I inspire people that way. I'm like, oh, let's work out. It'll be fun, you know, and stuff like that. So I feel like that's along the way of what I would like to do with my health coaching business. Okay. So yeah, I have I have started something for myself. I just did not know how to push through, how to present myself, mm-hmm. you know, what content I'll be creating. I believe I'm a creative person, but to an extent I kind of stopped myself because I'm like, oh, would someone listen to this? <laughs> You know, yeah. And I have some people say, yes, you have a lot of valuable knowledge, but I'm like, no, how do I navigate presenting this? How do I get people to want to enjoy what I'm doing or want to participate either way? Yeah. And um, I had a question about, you know, how do you go about pricing your services like your health coaching? Is it based on experience? Is it based on the, you know, based on the, the client? For example, they want X, Y, and Z, and you price it that way. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to know how you go about that because this is new territory for me, even though Delon has been, you know, we've been discussing this. And yeah. finally, mm-hmm. because I was ready, he was like, I need to connect you with someone who does what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So pricing should be based on the value of what you're selling. So is it based on experience? Absolutely. Like I consider myself like an iPhone. Like there's a new version of me that comes out every every year. I get smarter. I get sharper. I get wittier. I get more refined. So prices go up every year, just like the iPhone. Let's be clear. Okay. Now, so does experience make a difference? Absolutely. But just to also be clear, 
the reason prices go up besides the fact that I'm getting better is also because I have receipts to show I'm getting better, right? So my receipts get better, right? So I have clients and you know people that I've worked with who are also evidence of why I'm getting better, just to be clear. So it's not my ego saying I'm better. I also have receipts to back it up. But this is like a whole two lessons. So this is hours worth of content that I teach. So I can't like break it all down in the short time we have left. But the short answer is the version, the value of what you're selling should determine the baseline price point. Meaning, let's say you do decide to focus and specialize on diabetes. Then you have to get more nuanced and say, you know, well, in the realm of diabetes, I'm assuming we're going to tackle type two because type one is autoimmune, right? And so in the realm of type two diabetes, what problem do you solve? Because for example, inside of my you know program in the plant protocol, we have coaches who work with people with pre-diabetes mm-hmm. all the way to people who work with someone who has uncontrolled diabetes, who's at risk of an amputation. Mm-hmm. And we know those are two different people, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to decide based on the segment of the population with diabetes that you're going to work with, what is the value of the problem you're going to solve for them? So my coach who works with people with uncontrolled diabetes, they're literally at risk of losing a limb and she's helping to save their limbs, right? And then now they might be too far along where they maybe can't put it all the way in remission. We don't know, right? But she is definitely going to increase their quality of life. What is the value of that to them? Right now, my coaches with that's working with people with pre-diabetes, she is going to help them avoid that thing turning into full-blown type two, where they never have to get on a medication. What is the value of that to them? Mm-hmm. Right now, what is the so you look at what is the maybe the average annual cost of somebody who has to buy metformin or insulin? Right, what is that? What is the cost when it comes to quality of life? With somebody who's battling diabetes, they no longer have to, you know, poke themselves every day. They know they no longer have to, you know, keep emergency medication wherever they go. They can now maybe they they're also going to lose weight by working with you, so they can travel more. They can do more things. They can play with their kids. They can fly now. Like what is the like? They no longer have to urinate all the time. Their skin starts those dark patches on their skins. They get the coloration back in their skin. They're no longer insecure about that anymore. Like. What is the value of all of that? Usually we undercharge because we haven't taken the time to do the research on mm-hmm. the value of what we're selling. We're just, we think we're just selling knowledge around food and blood sugar, <laughs> and we're not. We're actually selling the results of getting all of that stuff in control. And so we, your pricing should be based on the value of what you're selling. So if I'm helping somebody build their own plant-based coaching business mm-hmm. and you know I'm really helping them figure out all the nuances of what they're gonna specialize in, what you know their unique value is in the marketplace, helping them overcome their own personal limiting beliefs so they start showing up publicly, you know, teaching them organic marketing, teaching them all the business acumen that comes with running a coaching business. That is a lot of value, right? So I'm not just a basic business coach. I'm specializing in something and I'm teaching you something that I've already personally done, Mm -hmm. right? So I have a plant-based coaching program that I grew to multiple six figures and now I'm teaching other people how to do the same thing. And so- it's important to understand the value of what you're selling. So that's what will be my short answer. And where do I start with figuring out price? You start by getting crystal clear on the problem you solve and the value of that solution. 
Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. So with everything that you've said, I am definitely going to look back over your responses and also consider the coaching from you. Mm -hmm. I feel like I could learn a lot because you know, as much information as I know, I, I feel like there's value in learning from someone who has done it before to help guide that. So yeah, I'm going to think about all of this and I'll get back with you for sure. Absolutely. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.